Let us pray together. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that could never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, man and woman of God, greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're receiving the goal of your faith. And what is that goal? It's the salvation of your souls. So God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here on this very day to worship you. I pray, God, we will remind ourselves that the suffering in this life is only temporary. Compared to the eternal glory that is found in Jesus Christ, it is nothing in comparison. For suffering leads us into a transformation, a transformed life. A life that draws near to the heart of Christ. It is not just about knowing Christ, but it's also being known by you. And having a relationship with Christ. To know you in a deeper manner. I pray, God, that you would just root us to the word this very morning. Root us in your love, for we yoke ourselves to Christ, our Savior, our King, and our Lord. Lord, I pray, God, as you transition to the message, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who will be listening here today but may be pleasing your sight, O God. For you, Lord, you alone, Lord, are our rock and our only hope. We thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor for all these things. Your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. Amen and amen. Welcome, everyone, to our Sunday service this morning. Let's get started with our title. The title of today's message is called, When the Master Calls, When the Master Calls. If you can just add a comma right after that, when the master calls, comma. Let's begin with our main passage here this morning, found in Luke chapter 5. Verse 27 through 32, let's begin and read. The title says, Jesus calls Levi and eats with sinners. We're not talking about the Levi genes. We're talking about a disciple. What's his official name? 
His name is, starts with M, A, T, no, yes, Matthew. Matthew. He also wrote the book of the gospel, Matthew. He was a tax collector. Let's begin, verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Verse 29, then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen. And amen. Let's begin with point number one. When the master calls, follow. Follow, follow, follow. In other words, act. Take action. Levi, a.k.a. Matthew, who wrote the gospel, Matthew, his response to Christ in this particular passage in Luke chapter 5, it was letter A, it was immediately, it's an adverb, it was instantly, B, it was hastily, it was quick, it was not, hey, wait, give me some time, let me just think about it, but it was immediate, it was instant, and it was in haste, it was quickly done, there was no hesitation, it was done right away. Take a look at verse 27, 28. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. That's all it took. Follow me. Two words. Follow me. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. In other words, when Christ calls, there is no time for us to calculate. Because it is a supernatural call of God. Therefore, because it is a supernatural call, our response to God must be done in a supernatural way, meaning we need to get up and follow him immediately, instantly, and hastily. We need to do it right away. In the book, The Cause of Discipleship, Bonhoeffer, he quotes this, he says, the cause behind the immediate following of call, he's talking about Levi here in Luke 5, the immediate call. But response is Jesus Christ himself. This isn't like your mom telling you to come here, get up. This isn't an earthly figure. This is Jesus Christ himself. It is Jesus who calls. And because it is Jesus, Levi follows at once. This encounter is a testimony to the absolute, direct, and accountable authority of Jesus. I'll say it again. It's a testimony of the absolute, direct, and unaccountable authority of Jesus. Do you know that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth? Do you believe that? Yes, he does. Amen. He does. There is no need of any preliminaries and no other consequences but obedience to the call because Jesus is the Christ. He has, he alone has the authority to call and demand obedience to his word. Jesus summons men to follow him not as a teacher or a pattern of the good life, but as 
the Christ, the Son of God. Levi, in this supernatural act, supernatural call, with a supernatural response, he recognized right away the Holy Spirit came, allowed his heart to be open, his eyes to see, ears to hear. Those two words, follow me, when he saw the Messiah, to know that he is not just a good teacher. He's not just a good moral teacher. He's not just a good man, but he is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If you recognize here today, this very morning in your very life, if you recognize Jesus Christ for who he is, if you see him for who he is, if you know that he is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the living King, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and that none can compare to him, if you believe that with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, when Jesus calls us, when he says, follow me, it is a supernatural response that we give to him, just like what Levi did. What did he do? He got up left everything, and followed him. Keep in mind, in this passage in Luke, or in any other passages, when the disciples are called, zero credit is given to the one who responds. It doesn't praise the one who was called, or how great his faith was, or that individual's faith was. I'm talking about the first initial call. It gives zero credit to the disciple, Levi here, Matthew, who followed. Not even a single praise is given credit to this man, to the follower. Why? For every honor belongs to Christ. It shall point to Jesus Christ. For all glory belongs to him. And he is the main, the author and the perfecter of our faith. He alone receives all the credit, all the honor, all the glory. Yes, Jesus gives praise to certain individuals who respond in faith. He says, bless you, your sins are forgiven. He does bring blessings to them. But I'm talking about the initial first call of these disciples. For we are all disciples of Jesus Christ, amen? When Christ calls us, the fact that we're able to respond to him, it is a supernatural, it is a priceless call, once-in-a-lifetime call. And it is a blessing from God. And the fact that you're here today to be able to receive his word for such a time as this, with the world being in such a dark place, with everyone being away from God, turning their hearts away from God, the fact that you alone, that you have faith to be here to receive his call, to get up, to leave everything, to follow him, is the single greatest honor that you will ever make, that you will give in this one life that you have to God. Why? Why zero credit given to this disciple Levi who follows him? Because when Christ calls a man, it is a supernatural call, once in a lifetime call. And he's not given the honor because the honor is meant for one individual only. And his name is Jesus Christ. So when Christ calls a man, we respond to him as the king of kings. We go to him before his honor, before his glory. When we go to him, just like the book of Revelation, what we're learning, everyone shall bow down and worship him. So again, point number one, when the master calls, follow. Follow immediately, instantly, and hastily. Point number two, 
when the master calls, no. No. Not no, N-O, but no, K-N-O-W. No. Letter A, know who you are, B, whose you are, and C, why you are here. Why are you alive today? Why are you still alive here today? Why are you here for such a time as this? If you can answer these three questions with utmost confidence today, and you know it in your being, the answers to these questions, then you are set. You are walking in the correct path, and you are on the right path. Lastly, letter D, Christ in his life, death, and resurrection. So to put it together, when the master calls, no, letter A, who you are, B, whose you are, C, why you are here. When the master calls, no, D, Christ in his life, death, and resurrection. And that is the foundation, Christ in his life, death, and resurrection. Paul, he mentions in the book of Philippians while he is in prison. Chapter 3, verse 10. Let me do the ESV version first. It says, that I may know him and the power of what? His resurrection. And may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. The resurrection is the single most important detail, single most important thing for a Christian. Without the resurrection, there are no Christians. We cannot be a Christian. For many believe, many religions believe in Jesus. They believe that he existed. They believe that he died. But they don't believe that he resurrected from the dead. For he conquered death and death in itself. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. It may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. When I'm talking about sufferings here, I'm talking about his life. Christ's life was full of suffering. Do you know that? NIV says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. And participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. Amen. And amen. Let's continue on with scripture, Romans 6, particularly verse 3 to 11. The title says, Death to Sin, Alive in Christ. It says, Or don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. This is a continuation of point D. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him to the body, to that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. I'll say it again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Meaning death has no longer mastery over you. 
The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. When I say death has no master over all, it doesn't mean that we're not going to physically die. We all die. For we are all finite and broken individuals. One day we will get sick. One day, one day we will take that final and no more. Last breath here on this earth. But we'll be reunited with Christ in his resurrection. We will have life in him and life to the full. Do you believe that with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? As I said in point number A, B, C, and D, who you are. When I ask who you are, who are you? What you need to say is, I am a broken and a finite being who is not capable of saving myself. Verse 31, Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Do you know that you are sick? But do you know that you don't need to stay sick? There is a doctor who can heal us from this incurable disease called sin and rebellion. To answer who you are, yes, I'm a broken and a sick individual. Flip that coin and you say, I am a child of God, created in his image, saved by grace, by faith, but it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in the one who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. What passage is that from? Galatians 2.20. Romans 5.6 says, you see at just the right time, we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Recognize that you are sick, but at the same time, flip that coin and know that you are a child of God created in his image to do good works. The life you live, you no longer live for yourself, but you live in faith in Christ, and you live for the one who loved you and died for you. To answer the question, B, whose you are, you say this, at the end of the day, after all your failures, after all your shortcomings, you say at the end of the day, you say, I am Christ's. You say to yourself, I am his. I belong to him. My advocate, my savior, my king, my savior, my messiah, my one and only. Know whose you are. And let us see why, why you are here. You say, I am here for such a time as this. Say it to yourself, if you could repeat after me. Please say, I am here, I am here. For, for such a time as this. I said again, 
Repeat after me. Ready? One, two, three. I am here for such a time as this. Just like in the book of Esther, Esther chapter 4, verse 14. Even though the name of God isn't mentioned once in this book, we see that God is the one orchestrating everything behind the scenes from the beginning to the end, from the beginning of Esther's life. It says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And God uses Esther, Queen Esther, to save his people from genocide. For God is in every detail. Amen. You say to yourself at the end of the night, end of the day, throughout the day, remind yourself, I am here for such a time as this. And letter D, Christ in his life, death, and resurrection, just like what we read in Philippians 3.10, where it talks about the suffering, the resurrection, and death. It's everything. The life, his death, his resurrection of Jesus Christ, that is everything for the Christian. Everything. That is the foundation in knowing Christ in his life, suffering, in his death, and in his resurrection. Amen and amen. Verse 31, Jesus answered, that it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Be able to answer these questions. A, who you are. B, whose you are. C, why you are here. The Christ in his life, death, and resurrection. Point number three. When the master calls, count. Count. Count what? Letter A, the cost. B, the days. C, the number. The cost, the days, the number. When I say to count, the cost, this is what I mean when I say count the cost. It means to know what you are getting yourself into before you get yourself into it. I'll say it again. To know what you are getting yourself into before you get yourself into it. When Christ calls us, when Christ called Levi, it was not a trick question. It was not a trick command. He is straightforward. It is all or nothing. Being a disciple means all or nothing. Just like there's no such thing as a halfway crook, there's no such thing as a halfway disciple. Do not follow the ways of other quote-unquote Christians that you see in this time for such a time as this. The casual churchgoer. The casual holiday churchgoer. They only go to church only when it's necessary. For the wrong reasons, for the fellowship, and for all the wrong reasons. But our goal in life as a disciple is all or nothing. There's no halfway. Bonhoeffer says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. He goes on and quote, he says, the cross is laid on every Christian. The first Christ suffering which every man must experience is the call to abandon the attachment of this world 
It is that dying of the old man which is the result of his encounter with Christ. As we embark upon discipleship, we surrender ourselves to Christ in union with his death. We give over our lives to death, thus it begins. The cross is not a terrible end to an otherwise God-fearing and happy life, but it meets us at the beginning of our communion with Christ. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. It may be a death like that of the first disciples who had to leave home and work to follow him. Or it may be a death like Luther's who had to leave the monastery and go out into the world. But it is the same death every time, death in Jesus Christ, the death of the old man at his call. What is that call to every Christian? It is the death of the old man at his call. The Bible teaches us in Luke 14 to count the cost. Luke 14, verse 25 to 35, the title says, The Cost of Being a Disciple. And we've gone over this and memorized this passage, know where it's referenced. The cost of being a disciple. It says in verse 25, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to Finish. What is this saying? What is Jesus saying to the people? He's saying, sit down and estimate the cost. Know how much it's going to cost. Know what sacrifices you're going to be making. Do you have a family member who is against you in following Christ? Do you have a family member who is always discouraging you from following Christ? Do you have a friend, a group of friends that are always going out, partying and having fun, and they're focused on the worldly desires in this life? Count the cost. Estimate it. Know what you're getting yourself into. Andy, when you're working with a contractor, do you not need to estimate what you need to get, the materials and everything? You don't want to be building in the middle and be like, oh, no, we forgot. We only have this one piece of chapstick, wood. What are we going to do? We have to build this whole house. We don't have enough money. And in the middle, that's what it's saying. Do you not understand? Everyone who sees you, and they will see your foundation, if you're not able to finish it, everyone will see it, and they will ridicule you. And when they ridicule you, at the end of the day, they will ridicule Christ. For you represent Christ. But Christ stands on his own. His credibility is on his own. This person began to build, wasn't able to finish. Jesus goes and gives another example. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. When he first sits down and considers whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. 
In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Amen. And amen. The cost of being a disciple is very simple. It's your everything. To count the cost, to count the days, to count the number. The cost, the days, the number. And what do I mean by the cost? To know what you're getting yourself into before you get yourself into it. The days, it means to make each day count. Make your days count. For we do not know when our time on this earth will expire. See the number. When I say the number, it could be many things. The number, your blessings. To number the depths that are owed. Or the number of hair on your head. Meaning when you know and count the number of hair on your head. The Bible tells us that he knows the number of hair on our heads. Meaning know his love for you. For he knows even the number of hair on your heads. Matthew 10, 29 to 31. We all know this passage for the sake of time. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's about the woman, a sinful woman who wipes the feet of Jesus because she has been forgiven much. When we begin from verse 44, then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I enter has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen and amen. amen. And lastly, Matthew 10, 29, 31. This is a passage that we did for the nursing home where I gave each of them pennies. It was fake pennies, by the way. No, I'm kidding. It was real. It says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet now one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. When God created us, he created us with such intimate details, intricate details, that he knows every detail of your being, your thoughts, your heart, your worries, your anxiety. He knows it all. So point number three, when the master calls, count. Count what? Count the cost. Count the days. Count the number. Amen. And amen.
Number four, when the master calls, it's the last point, repent. And I'm closing with this. Repent what? Letter A, now, B, today, C, every day, D, always. I'll say it again. When the master calls, repent. Repent now. Repent today. Repent every day. Repent always and forevermore. Verse 31 to 32 says, Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Keep in mind, it is the sick that needs a doctor. Are you sick today? Know that you are sick. But on the flip side of that, know that you are a child of God. Create in his image to do the good works that he has called us to do. Do you know that you are sick? Do you know that you are a sinner? What does Jesus say here? What are his final words here? He says, I have not come to call the what? But sinners to? Repentance. Sinners to repentance. Just know this, the disciple, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is all or nothing. And I want you to reflect on your life right now. Do you repent? If you don't, you must repent now. You must repent today. You must repent every day. And you must repent always and forever more. The disciple simply burns his boats and goes forward, goes ahead. He is called out and has to forsake his old life in order that he may exist in the strictest sense of the word. The old life is left behind and completely surrender. The disciple is dragged out of his relative security into a life of absolute insecurity. That is in truth into the absolute security and safety of the fellowship of Jesus. This is what the quote is saying. Would you rather be in fellowship with the world, finding security in this world, be in fellowship with the world and forsake Christ, or would you be willing to forsake everything, all your dreams, all your worldly security, and follow Christ to be in a perfect and complete fellowship with Christ? Even though if that means absolute insecurity in this world, but you have complete security, you have absolute security in the spiritual sense, your soul will be intact, and the devil, even the devil himself cannot touch you. What will you choose? Temporary happiness? or eternal joy that is found in Jesus Christ. Ask yourself this question. Are you following him as Levi did? Are you following him as Andrew and Peter did? When the master calls, when the master calls, follow. Immediately, instantly, hastily. When the master calls, know who you are, whose you are, why you are here, Christ in his life, death, and resurrection. 
When the master calls, count. Count the calls. Count the days. Count the number. When the master calls, repent now, today, every day, always. Do you know what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? I pray that you are growing. I pray that you are not remaining the same or you have grown proud. I've known you guys for many years and at the end of the day, I can't stand there with you. You stand on your own. You will stand before the Father and you will answer to his judgment, to his wrath. I'm giving you guys a way, the truth with the word, not my words, but the word of God. May you today take the word of God seriously today. When the master calls, when the master calls, when the master calls, may you follow him with all your being, with humility. Amen. And amen. And with that, I want to invite you to close your eyes with me at this time. And with our eyes closed, just like the last song that we sang, True Worshipper, you may be comparing your life to another person. To a coworker or to a friend that you grew up with. You may be comparing your life. You may think, I am not where I want to be. And you allow the lies and the whispers of the enemy to take control of your life. And you have forgotten who you are and whose you are and why you are here. You are here for such a time as this. When Christ calls a man and a woman, it is all or nothing. Just like the song, God doesn't look for the spectacular, but he looks for the one who is willing. Just like the song, all who gather in this place have come to offer you their praise. You are searching for the one, the one whose praise and worship is true. Is it true right now before God? Or is it fake? Have you forgotten who you're worshiping and who your king is? Lord, forgive me of my sins and my unfaithfulness to you. Do you come with that kind of attitude? Are you here with that kind of attitude right now with humility, with heart of repentance? Lord, forgive me of my sins and my unfaithfulness to you. But Lord, you know my heart. My soul longs to be the one who gives their heart and their worship to you. I'm standing here by grace and by the costly grace of my Jesus Christ alone. I bow my knee and worship you at your throne for you are the king. There's nothing that I want, God, in this life, one life. And there's just one thing that I need is to worship you is to worship you in spirit and in truth. With that, can we just come and declare our praises?
declare our praises to the one who loves us and who died for us. The one who died for us and the one who rose again from the dead and who ascended into heaven, who sits at the right throne of the God Almighty. Let's pray to the one who loves us, who knows the number of hair on our heads, who knows us intimately, intricately. He knows every detail of our lives. Let's turn to him with humility and repentance this very morning. Can we come together and repent before the living God? Let us pray together.
And so then, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Lord, thank you for reminding us of who we are. That I am a sinner, a broken, and a finite individual. Forgive me of my pride. Forgive me of my rebellion. But also, Lord, thank you on the flip side of that. For the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. They have caused sinners to repentance. And I am that sinner. That I've come to know the living King, the Lord, my Messiah through repentance and through humility. Just like David's prayer in Psalm 51. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. But Lord, may we pursue after you with all that we have and created within us a steadfast spirit within us to follow you and to know you in an intimate manner. Lord, let us be reminded this week of the message when the master calls when the master calls may we follow when the master calls may we know when the master calls may we count and when the master calls may we repent we repent to you Lord for you are our king and you are our Lord we give you all the glory and all the honor. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things. In your precious son, just constantly pray. God's people pray. Amen. And amen. Let's sing together. We're going to sing it just one straight through. Not twice chorus, just one straight through. Heavenly Father, do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways, but according to your love, Lord, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. And now to him who is able to keep you from falling and stumbling 
present you blameless, pure, and holy before his holy presence. May you know and encounter the unending love of the Father. May the Lord continue to pursue after you, guide you, and lead you forevermore. And as God's people, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.